Galatians chapter 5, reading with verse 16. Today I will start a three-week series, next three Sundays, on waging war on the enemy. How many has ever felt like you were in a battle? And um, today we will deal with the first of three enemies that you will find battling you in life and certainly as a Christian to try to stop you from being saved. How do we overcome? The Bible says that he overcome the world. How many know that? And um, today I am preaching and teaching overcomers here today. Look at your neighbor and say, you are an overcomer. Amen. Life brings unexpected moments, disappointments. Have you ever been there? We have our associate pastor today, Pastor Nehemiah Gators. Uh, Two days ago, his father passed away. And um, we want to pray for him. And as soon as we know the details of those services and celebration of his life, uh, we will get with you. But I think it would be good if we prayed for him and his siblings and his father's family, that God would just comfort them during this time. And I called Brother Nehemiah when he let me know this has happened. He said, Dad, Dad's made it home. There's no more suffering now. Can you say amen? How many know we have this hope? We have this hope. We have this hope. Let's lift our hands. Let's pray. Brother Gators, would you come? Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray strength over this man of God, over his family. Oh, God, over his siblings today. We're praying that your hand would be upon him. Hand would be upon Brother Gator's family today, oh God. Lord, we know that he's went to be God with you on the other side. And we pray, Lord, today that you would touch all of his children, God, with Nehemiah's father's children, in the name of Jesus. Lord, and his wife today, we pray for strength in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. We love Brother Nehemiah, don't we? Amen very much. It says in verse 16 of Galatians Galatians 5, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Notice that's capital S, meaning God's Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How many believe that? And so today I will teach you, I will preach you on waging war on the enemy Number one, today we will talk about is your flesh. Somebody say to your neighbor right now, your flesh is your problem. Praise God. Look at them and say it in in common terms, you're the problem. (laughs) You you are the problem. God bless you as you are seated. Flesh, flesh, it's, it's something that we're not going to get away from. You've got to live with it. It encompasses you. 
Matter of fact, your flesh is your filter. It's through your flesh that you see. It's through your flesh that you hear. It's through your flesh that you taste. It's through your flesh that you feel. All of these senses happen through your flesh. The problem is, is that our flesh is sinful by nature. How many know that's the truth? We could call it the Adamic nature or the nature of Adam with Adam and Eve who out of Adam came, came Eve and then when they saw the tree that was forbidden, what did she do? She began to desire that which she should not have which would bring what? Destruction, would bring death. Isn't it amazing that this flesh that seemingly wants all of these stuff typically wants something that's going to destroy itself. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and what? Everybody say the pride of life. And I have learned that you have to be careful to follow your flesh because if you operate in the works of the flesh, it will always end up in the destruction of self. Somebody shout, my flesh is my problem. You know, when you have a little kid, you set green beans in front of them and chocolate. Which one are they going for? It's going to go for the ones that's going to make them hyper, not sleep good, going to rot their teeth out. They're going to go for the wrong instead of the right. One of the first words that a child learns is what? <laughs> That was so spot. That was so quick. Everyone knows the first word, one of the first, first words of a child is no. Babysitters taught ours one time, go away. Because that's what they'd say to the dog. Isn't that right, Sister Jolene and Sister Danielle? Lake come on. I said, You can't have that. She said, Go away. One time Sawyer, he was four years old. He was running around in our children's church on Wednesday night and, and somebody told him, said, Sawyer, you need to stop running. He stopped and he said, he said, don't you know my dad owns this place? <laughs> they thought it was funny. <clears throat> I was embarrassed. I said, Sawyer, you can't say that. I don't know this place. He says, that's what Brother Anthony told me to say if anybody ever says anything to me. So I went and punched Anthony. No, I'm teasing. Kids, I mean, they're, they're amazing. And they, 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 they learn words like, mine. That's mine. See, when you know you have a flesh issue, you're always thinking about you. Everything turns toward you. What am I going to get out of this? How does this affect me? And It's not what I want. And I want to be pleased. And I want to be satisfied. What happens in that will always create storms you should have never had. The goal is not you. Truth of the matter is, in life, if you want to be happy, it can't be about you. 
It cannot be about what you want all the time. There has to come into this concept. And so, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, you just get older and you have different things that pacify you. When, when Jillian was little, and uh, even Finn, when Jillian was little, you know, it's hard. It's hard to stop your kids from having a pacifier. Any of your children ever had pacifiers? Huh? I mean, for one reason, because you don't want them to get bigger. Am I right? You leave the pacifier in the mouth because it makes them younger somehow. So we let our children have pacifiers longer than probably what they should have until the, until the teeth started pointing this direction. And so we decided it's probably time and, and uh, with the help of Sister Tackett, we call her Captain T. She comes like Pharaoh on this type of stuff. I don't know how she does it so well. And, uh, but all of a sudden, you know, Jillian, Jillian finally broke the pacifier addiction. I mean, she would have three in her mouth and one in each hand. It was so satisfying. She had to have it. They couldn't go to sleep without it. She'd have to have one in her hand, one or two in her mouth, you know. And oh, uh, so we'd break it. And somehow, I don't know how many pass. We've bought thousands of pacifiers, maybe. I don't know. That's probably an exaggeration, but it seemed that way. And, and you're breaking them, and you hide them. And all of a sudden, I'll never forget. We thought she was broken. Uh, Sister Tackett, Pharaoh over here, had helped us. And then one day, Jillian comes out. A whole stash of pacifiers and she was glee do you remember she was so happy you know what she had done she had learned how to hide hide it some of our kids we would find them up under the pillows so when we would leave the room those little babies in their small finite genius mind knew how to hold on to something that was really not good for them. Truth of the matter is, is you just grow up, but your behavior remains the same. One guy, he said, you know, I, I'm, I'm so glad I'm no longer an alcoholic, but I leave one in the refrigerator to remind me how good God's been. That's just dumb. That's, I should say unwise. That's nicer. But when he passed away, they found liquor bottles everywhere. He had learned to hide what really was pacifying to him. And, it, it, and it's not because he's a bad dude. It's just flesh. It's just you want what makes you feel good now, knowing it's going to make you feel bad later. That's why we overeat. Can I get a witness in your Thanksgiving time? I mean, I'm already thinking about pumpkin pie and too much turkey. And Anybody know what I'm talking about? Eating until you're in a coma. But it's the holidays. It's flesh that wants to go back for seconds. It's, it's flesh that knows if you eat it. You're going to feel miserable in the morning. It's, it's flesh that does things that you know are going to harm your work, uh, your work level efficiency tomorrow. 
But the flesh says, I want it now. I heard somebody as at a wedding on, on Friday and, and I said, I have come to learn that food is an art. How many know that's true? He said, well, they say you eat with your eyes. He said, I usually eat with my mouth. <laughs> but it's true because you're operating through this flesh that what it sees, it has to have. That's why people go bankrupt. That's why people go in debt. Because if you see it, you got to have it. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you don't have to have it. Just because you want it doesn't mean you have to have it. And I feel nervousness coming up on everybody in the building. But what I'm telling you is what Jesus said in the book of Matthew. Chapter 16, verse 24. He's teaching us how to live effective and prosperous lives. Happy, joy, without all the drama, without all the pain and the suffering and the regret. Someone once made a statement. They said the pain of regret is much greater than the pain of discipline or what I would call denying of your flesh. The pain of regret is much greater than saying no now. I wish I'd have never done that. I wish I'd have never partaken that. I wish I'd have never went there. Can I get a witness from somebody that has some regrets because of your flesh? Are there any real people here? Are you all angels today? Did you have manna with Gabriel this morning? Some of you had to hit the alarm. Oh, I gotta get up. I got, you know what you're doing to be here? I'm denying my flesh. I'm going to the house of God. I come to preach to real people that fight real problems and have real issues today that it just because you were saved doesn't mean you. You've got a holy, sanctified body and that you no longer have any lust and no anger, no frustrations, no disappointment. I come to preach to real people that you've got to deal with a war against yourself. Paul said, when I would do good, he said, evil is present with me. And he was talking about his flesh. Why? For sin, everybody shout sin, is within my members. Well, I'm saved, pastor. Somebody went on a fast one time. They, they, they decided to go on a fast and they come to the church and said, pastor, you're not gonna believe it. Fasting meaning denying yourself of food for a period of time. She said, you're not gonna believe it. He said, what? She said, I started fasting. And uh, she said, you're not gonna believe it. He said, what? She said, I got hungry. No, you must be a sinner because all of us righteous people that fast, we can go 40 days in the glory of the Lord. It's not true. It's like somebody else that said that when Jesus died on the cross, they said, did he have any pain? Yes. Yes. Those nails hurt when they went in his hands. Crown of thorns hurt when it was put on his head. He would have screamed when they hit him with the cat of nine tails. Gasping for a life-giving breath on the cross. And he could have come off of that cross. 10,000 angels doesn't mean one more than 9,999 in scripture. It means like we say millions. It's a cliche. 
10,000 angels waiting to deliver him from the cross. All he had to do was wink. All he had to do was suggest. All he had to do was one mental assent to say, I don't want to do this for these people. But he denied his flesh. Why? For the joy that was set ahead of him. You know what he was looking at? If I don't die, they can't live. If I don't die, they'll never resurrect. If I don't die, they'll never come out of addiction. They'll never come out of sin. Come on, they'll never get rid of their shame. They'll never get rid of the things they regret doing but if I die I will resurrect again I will deny myself the scripture says he was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin tempted in all points like we are somebody shout us we me it's flesh and he nailed it to the cross because he knew no man in his nature could go through what he was going to go through. So he came to do it himself. God came out of heaven and enrobed himself in flesh. Amen. Somebody shout amen. Let's, let's read Matthew 16. Let's look what it says. Then said Jesus, verse 24, then said Jesus to do his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him what? Deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. He said, if you're gonna be a follower of me, you've gotta be able to deny self. You have to be able to tell yourself no. Tell yourself no. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. He's talking about dealing with the flesh. He's not talking about the devil. He's not talking about the world right now. He's talking about self. Everybody say, deny himself. For what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world, if he gets everything he ever wanted, everything his eyes ever desired. That's what it's saying. Take a look around. Everything you've ever desired, you get. And lose his own soul. It appears to me that if you're getting everything you want, you're losing something in the spirit. Hmm. Or what shall a man give? Here it is. In exchange for his soul. And what he is teaching, just because you want it doesn't mean you're supposed to have it. There is something else more valuable than your fleshly desire. It's eternal soul. I have met people, Zion, that when they were baptized, come out of the water, they made statements like, I've done everything. Everything you can imagine, I've done. I've done every drug, had all the money, did all of this, all of these things. And they said, and I was still empty. They said, but when God forgave me and God filled me with his spirit, you know what they said? I never felt more joy, more complete, more happy, more satisfied. Can I get a witness from some people that 
You've been down a few roads that didn't turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out because of your flesh. But when you denied self and you came to the house of God and the Lord saved you from all of the mistakes. <laughs> Someone recently said, it's not a mistake, it's a choice. Well, it's just a mistake. It's a choice. You chose flesh over righteousness. Psalms 37 makes a statement. It says, do good. Everybody shout, do good. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Just do good. Uh, when, you, when, you, when you come to a choice, choose right. A fancy word for choosing right is called righteousness. Do right. But our flesh will always be challenged with an opportunity of something else. Study it in scripture. They release a day of the Passover. They can release whoever they want. It's a day of pardon. It is a day that they celebrate and they pardon somebody for their wrongdoing. You know what they do? They stuck Jesus up on the stage and they put Barabbas up on the stage and they said, choose this day who you want to go free. It's a choice. There's no such thing as a Christian cult. You cannot make people live for God. You can't lock them in a room, lock them in a building, and say, this is how you go. You gotta do this. It doesn't work that way. You can't make your kids love God. You can teach them how to live for God. You can teach them the value of choices. You can put the word of God, as I taught in the baby dedication, in their heart so... I've hid thy word in my heart that I might not what? Sin against thee because knowledge is power. And that's why I'm teaching you. And that's why you come to church on Sunday. So you can hear your pastor talk about relevance with God's word in your culture in this day and time. That's why you're here. It's not just a church thing. You're saying, I want to be saved. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want my family to fall apart in American pop culture. I, I want us to do good, even though the world's becoming more wicked. Can I get a witness? You can't do it without him. That's what I'm preaching. You can't do it without God. You can't do it without the Lord working on your side. Amen. We sing songs at church. If it wasn't for the Lord, where would I be? My life was nothing until he set me free. What a change he made in my life. How many believe that today? And I can't help but get stirred because the devil wants to destroy you. The world wants to lure you back to where you came from. But I know a God that's greater than any devil. I know a God that's greater than any culture. Somebody say amen. amen. Everybody shout the flesh. My, 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 my. You may be seated. Flesh. Flesh. Just do good. It's, it's a choice. Well, you know, I got, I got to pray about it. You don't have to pray about whether you're going to let Jesus in your life or Barabbas. Well, I'm, you know, I, but, but it feels good. Well, that justifies it. That's the justification of doing wrong. It pleases me. That's why Samson told his mom, but she pleases me. She feels good. He's deceived by a feeling. 
See, she pleases him in feelings, but listen to what she says. Tell me where your strength lies that I might afflict thee. You know, you don't want to date that girl. <laughs> don't date the girl that says, how can I hurt you? <laughs> and he's the judge of Israel. There's a problem. It just shows you what can happen when you start following flesh. You ever looked at your life and said, man, that was, I can't believe I did that. But if you go back to where you were, here a little and there a little. See, see Jacob in Scripture, he figured out a way, he and his mom, because his name meant deceiver, he figured out how to deceive his, 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 his father out of his brother's inheritance. Now watch what deceivers do. Are you ready? Here's deception at its finest. His father's blind, and his voice doesn't sound like Esau's voice. He's a mama's boy. He dwells in the tent. Esau's a mighty hunter. He's, 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 he's got so much, I mean, he's a hairy guy. That's what his name means is hairy. Esau means hairy. They didn't name people just because it, the syllables matched up. They named people according to whatever they were born, how they were born. And when he was born, he was born like a, a rug mat. I always picture a little baby orangutan with red hair. You know, I just think about, what are we going to name you? Harry. <laughs> Some of his friends got handshakes. He got petted growing up. Yeah. <laughs> he was a tough guy. He was a tough guy. According to custom, the blessing goes to Esau. Jacob wants it though. So you know what he does? His father's blind in his old age. He puts on goat's fur. He fixes goat instead of venison. Esau's out hunting to prepare venison to come and get the blessing. He slips in while his brother's gone. And this is what, this is what Isaac, his father, said. Who is it? Dad, it's, it's me. Voice breaking up. Come in. It's Esau. Well, you sound like Jacob. Because I can't see you, come here and let me feel you. See, when you're making decisions sometimes in blindness or what I would call lack of wisdom, you have to be very careful how it's presented. Because when you can't see, which we call a life of faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we base our decisions primarily on how it sounds and how it feels. Close your eyes for a minute. A blind man bases decisions on how it sounds and how it feels. And unfortunately for Isaac, he based a decision on how it felt when it didn't sound right. And he come over and he said, come here, Harry, I mean, Jacob. And he says, let me feel your hand. He had goat's fur tied to his hand and the back of his neck. You smell like him. You feel like him. But you don't sound like him. But I'm going to base my decision 
on how it feels. So here's the blessing. And he passes Esau's blessing down to Jacob because he was deceived by his flesh. I don't care how good that immoral relationship feels. You know it doesn't sound right. I've had good people to base decisions they make on how it felt. And they would say to me, but I know it doesn't sound right. It always ends in deception and betrayal if you allow the feeling to override the sound of his word. Don't be deceived by your flesh because the first thing, the first thing you'll want to do, I like preaching. You will want to base a decision on how you feel when you know the word God says it's wrong. If you're going to make a choice, you choose his word over your feeling every time. Every time. Every time. Somebody shout every time. His word over my feeling. Somebody shout God's word over my feeling. It's interesting to me that the last thing that goes in someone that's dying is their hearing. Sister Ashley, you're here. You can validate this, that when I come in to hospice and I come in, they tell me when someone's not responding with their eyes or maybe even their touch. I have been told by the medical staff so many times, they can still hear you. What does it mean? I think it means something. We better base some things of what we're doing on the word of God, the voice of God, till the day we die. The last thing we need to be doing is listening for the trumpet, listening for that certain sound. Come on, listening for the word of God. That's why we go to church, is to hear the word of the Lord. Hey, I'm gonna preach to you for a minute. You be careful just to tune into any preacher on television because he makes you feel good and he downloads you with a bunch of false doctrine to feel good about doing things that aren't pleasing to the Lord. You get in the book. You learn it for yourself. Don't you just listen to me. You get in the book and learn it for yourself. Learn his word. I just want to trust everybody. Don't you dare trust everybody. He said in the last days there's going to be false prophets who will present themselves as another Christ in another way. Let God be true. And every man a liar. Some of you might outlive me and somebody else in that pulpit. Make sure they're in the book. I can't tell how many preachers around have made the statement, well, 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 we just need to believe doctrine doesn't matter. The word doesn't matter. We just need to agree on faith that the scripture doesn't matter. That is false doctrine to say that his word doesn't matter. Come on, good speeches, personalities will never convert you from a sinful flesh to a righteous saint. But let me tell you who can. His word, his word, his word. Now let me preach about every saint here. It was never the will of God for you just to be a hearer of the word, but to become the doer of the word. That's right. The Bible says that your life becomes becomes the epistle, a letter of the scripture, epistle. Everybody shout the epistle. 
That means a letter of scripture. The epistle of Paul to the Romans. The epistle of Paul to the church of Corinth. The epistle of Paul to Thessalonica. He said, your life will become the epistle that is read of all men. How many are a follower of Jesus Christ? Just wave your hand just like this. You don't have to be, just wave your hand. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Are you ready? He said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And it was God. And the word, are you ready? Was made flesh. And what I'm preaching to you, the goal of every Christian is that his word is made flesh in your life. That when people see you, they see a person that that emulates, replicates God himself incarnate in flesh. We should be like Christ because we live according to his word. Anybody can say they're a Christian, but I'm preaching be one. Become one. Become like him. It's not just saying it. It's becoming it. Somebody say amen. Galatians 5, look what it says. I feel the Lord here today. It's not the will of God to be a Christian and be addicted. It's okay to have faith and come to God and and be addicted. But then at some point, the word of God's gonna push addiction out because you're gonna obey his word and there's power in obedience. My dad told me this morning, he said, you know what? The devil has one good trait. I said, really, what is it? He said, when you resist him, he flees. (laughs) Did you hear me? I said, when you resist the devil, he'll flee. You will be tempted by the devil, but you just say, no, devil. And when you say no to him, And yes to him. You get angelic power. You become, you get the grace of God to overcome everything tempted by you in the world. I'm telling you how to live a perpetual life with Christ. Somebody shout, we are overcomers. Come on, you didn't come to church to hear some dead sermon. You came here today because you need him. You need God. And I come to preach under the unction and the anointing of God. He can and he will set you free. If I was battling in my mind with pornography, if I was battling in my mind with alcoholism, if I was battling in my mind with bitterness, if I was battling in my spirit with things I could not stop doing, I would hope I'd go to church and not fall asleep in some dry, frosty sermon. But I hope somebody would give me the power of his word to tell me how I could come out of bondage, how I could come out of sin. I'm preaching to you, you can come out today. You can come out years of addiction. You can be set free. Somebody shout, you can be set free. Woo, I think somebody jump to your feet, clap your hands, get happy by the word. Watch. My, I got all this. I got all this teaching to give you. Are you okay? How many love the word of God? I come to tell you, if you failed and messed up since you become a Christian, his word again will set you free. What worked the first time will work again. Somebody say amen. Amen. I came to Jesus, weary, worn, and sad. He took my sins away. He took my sins away. How many are glad he took it away? How many of you messed up in your flesh, but he took your sins away? 
Here's what I envision. Every service we have, people come with their Bible under their arms. See, if you read your Bible on your iPad and your, and, your, and your iPhone or whatever you got, you end up getting distracted because you end up halfway through it, you got to check the weather. Notifications pop up that you don't know how to turn off. Am I right? Trying to read the Bible. and You've got all these distractions, text messages and phone calls. There needs to be a moment that you dedicate to, to a place where it's not distracted, that your flesh is not distracted so you can get in the word and make it a part of who you are. Somebody shout, I want his word to be in me. My, you, be seated a moment. I feel like I need to quit. But he made this statement. Walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5 and 16. Really, what's my purpose today? It's for you to be a Christian 10 years from now and not deceived. Number one, today, by your flesh. Your flesh is your enemy. How many know that? How many's ever witnessed that? Anger and sin not. Let's look at some scripture. Look what it says. He said, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. Let me word it this way. What God wants you to do and what your flesh wants to do is opposing each other. What you want and what God wants is two different things. It's a conflict. That's why people, when I give an altar call, go to the restroom or to their car. And the reason is, is because when the Spirit of the Lord is calling them, their flesh is pulling them back. That's the truth. I give an altar call, and, and, and instead of coming forward and drawn by his Spirit and following his Spirit, you know, I, I got to get away from this. I had a guy on a plane one time, ran from me, literally. And all I did was say Jesus was coming soon to get his heart right with God. <laughs> I did. When he looked, it was like this on the plane. There was no seat between us. When he looked, some of you heard this before. When he looked, there was no seat between us. He said, he said, what do you do? Where are you from? I said, well, I'm a preacher. So what type of preacher? I said, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. He said, shoot, man, mom's been praying. <laughs> I said, when's the last time you went to church? He said, it's been five years. I said, well, the Lord's coming. And it got awkward just like that. I ain't never seen anybody tell everybody to get out of the way on the aisle of a plane. Excuse me, excuse me. He ran from me. And at the busiest, largest airport in the world in Atlanta, he tried to get away from me. I wasn't chasing him, I was just walking. You remember the cartoon Pappy Le Pew? She's running, he's just walking, he always ends up where she is. My gate was B7 and his was B9. <laughs> right beside. He didn't know. He's on the phone. He said, I heard him. He said, man. He said, I was on the plane. There's no seat between me and this Pentecostal preacher. I heard him. He's on the, he didn't even see me sitting there. And all of a sudden he looks at me. He says, ah! <laughs> it wasn't me. But the spirit and the flesh are contrary. See, there's got to be a moment in your life you got to quit. You got to get tired of losing because of what your flesh wants and start choosing a life that's winning 
because of what God wants. Your flesh wants now, but God wants future. I'm preaching to somebody that you're battling suicidal thoughts. That's a now thought that's from the devil and your flesh that says you have no hope. But I come to preach to you, there is a tomorrow despite what you've been going through today. Come on, everybody, jump your feet as I'm finishing here today. There is hope for tomorrow. The devil's been lying to you. It's a lie from the enemy. It's a lie from the enemy. It says, follow your flesh. Get what you want, and it's going to be great. No, 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 no. Watch what it says. For the flesh, the spirit are contrary one to the other. These are contrary one to the other. So that, verse 17, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Meaning if I'll follow his spirit, I won't need alcohol anymore. I won't need immorality anymore. I won't need those websites anymore. I won't blow up on the kids like I, like I really don't want to. But something surfaces in me. If I'll follow his spirit, I will not fulfill the lusts or the desires or the issues of my flesh. He goes on and says, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. You can live above the law. You're not under the law. You can live above it. This is what he said, Brother Gene. He said, how is it Gentiles being converted to Christianity who never knew the law are living above the law and you Jews who have not been born again know the law but you can't fulfill it? He said, because no one in their flesh can live good enough. You have to have something that's supernatural above your flesh and it's called grace. By grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves but it's a gift of God. Timothy, here you are. May the 8th will be five years. 9th, May 9th. May 9th be five years out of prison. Serve four years for dealing drugs in our community. Grace. You know how many people, they have something in the system called repeat offenders. 70 some percent of people that get out go back. But you're out not because you're good. You're out because he's good. Run up here, Brother Gene. Come here, Brother Gene. You were in and out until you got born again right there. Dealing with a suicidal thought can never overcome addiction, but you're out. Not because you're good. Because you denied you and accepted him. That's a message that needs to be preached in every prison. Every institution in the entire state of Ohio. Are you ready for God to expand your ministry? Lift your hands and receive it. You preach what I preach today. Come on, there's a touch of God all over this room. You don't have to go live the way you've been living. I got a whole lot more, really, I could, I could talk about today. Just stay right there. Got a whole lot more. I'll pick up here and I'll start with the flesh. We'll go into dealing with the world on Galatians 5. Read Galatians 5. It's your homework. Read Galatians 5, chapter 16. 
read that. Understand those words. What are the works of the flesh? This is what God showed me this week. That's why I'm preaching this message today. Come out of this one thought. How can you produce the fruit of the Spirit if you can't deny the works of the flesh? How many want the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, temperance. How many want that? You can't have that if you don't deny this. And there's many people in here right now that are saying, Pastor, I'm ready to start all over again. Here's how you do it. You come to the Lord and give your life to Him. And say, I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to make decisions to do what you want me to do. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, you feel like you've been battling your flesh. I'll deal with it more next week. You don't want to miss next week. It's going to be very powerful what God's going to do in us. If you've been battling flesh, I want you to raise your hand. Hold your hand up. Yep. Thank you. If today you're ready to have a new start, a new beginning, <laughs> raise your hand. Raise your hand. I see hands going up all over the building. There's a brand new day today. A brand new start today. God is going to make you an overcomer. All right, everybody look at me. I'm going to tell you what God's going to do. I feel this very strong. Some of you are going to be the first one in your entire family to live for God. But you're going to break the curse and the backbone of the trick of the enemy for decades over your entire family today. He's bringing you out of that curse, out of that nature, out of those habits so he can send you back to that family and then they're going to receive revelation and deliverance and God's going to set them free too. Do you believe that? Come on, if you're ready for a new beginning, I want you to come. Ministers, come and help pastor. Come on, if you, all over the building. Don't wait on anybody else. If you want God to give you that new beginning, I want you to come. A brand new start. A brand new day. A brand new life. Really, as I preach to you emotionally today, passionately, because it's real. Living for Jesus is real. Hallelujah. I need your glory. I need you, I God. I want your glory. Hallelujah. Less of me and more of you is what I need. Show me your glory. Show me your power. Show me your glory, show me your power.